0: From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors, with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman.
1: Are you choking it down? Yes! Good grief, man. It's your fault. Well, we should have had some uh, Facebook Live oh. going on in here. Nobody would believe you could take that big old cinnamon roll. Is that mean, not like a wagon <laughs> wheel or something?
0: I didn't even get through a quarter of you it. You know what?
1: It really reminds me of. Remember the pedal cars, the wheels that are made on the how they're oh, made on yeah. the pedal cars. That's is yeah. exactly what it looks like.
0: Reminds well, me of a seagull <laughs> trying to get it down. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> down. I'm trying to get Trying to eat a uh, Popeye's chicken bone real quick, you know. Before that's, the, that's why Aaron just out. got
1: her a. Fork and a saw over there. Smart
0: woman, I'm telling you. <laughs> Welcome in everybody. It's the big and wild outdoors. We are inside today. It's uh, Braden and Glenn. I don't know where Jonathan is today. I know Bill George is up in PA. he was on his uh, second sojourn up to uh Pennsylvania after the panfish challenge. And I think uh, he had
1: to go rest or something
0: i don't i don't know I, I is it still turkey season up there i mean it's so messed up he was what two weeks ago he was gone he was still shooting turkeys up there and we we're like oh that's, that's. yeah i think
1: he told us that uh he was just going up to visit with uh, mom and dad up there and uh, he just kind of scout things out a little early i mean he just left like you said uh from turkey hunting <laughs> two and weeks
0: ago two gets back weeks ago and yeah
1: next thing you know guys I'm going to have to take a trip.
0: Yeah, I got to go up there. I guess this is, the like you said, this one's strictly dedicated to hopefully family. but It's uh, a quick
1: trip because he flew up. I think it was uh, Friday evening, and he'll be back tomorrow.
0: Oh, he flew up on Friday. I thought he was driving again. but No. Uh, I know he dropped off a bunch of bang sticks and hooks and all kinds of goodies for uh, gator hunting. If you're looking for gator supplies, everything you're going to need to get her done. Uh, pretty much is uh, right there at G5 Feeding Outdoors, right there in Plant City, right there on Highway 92 west of Plant City. Uh, got a couple of 44 mag ones in there, 38, 357, and even the the very loud and powerful 223. So uh, we got them in there. And uh, already, big snatch hooks. You need snatch hooks from biggie biggies all the way down to like the little number 10s. Uh, they get, they're all ready to go, ready for you. I got one roll of Calcutta 200-pound uh, high-vis yellow line left, so i got to order some more.
1: And uh, what poundage is that? 200. Holy mackerel. You pull up the bottom.
0: We ain't breaking that.
1: Uh, I think you'll break the rod.
0: Well, that way you have that confidence. It's that confidence in there. You're like, I know this line ain't breaking. Now, this rod may snap in 15 places, but this well, line's not going to. With
1: 100 pounds, break. it's on the uh, real setup that I have uh, and it takes a, a, a whole lot of pressure to break that hundred pounds. So I can imagine 200 pounds. I don't know if I'd have a, you would 200 pounds. You really need to have that like on a throw line.
0: It's like a cable. <laughs> it's like a, tink. well, you know, the good thing about that is, uh, is you know, it's not going to break unless of course you're a bad, not tire Bart. And uh, <laughs> you can, you can uh, snatch it with confidence that you'll be able to get it up to the boat. Now, The funny thing about rods are, I think a lot of people, even fishermen, maybe people who just started, don't realize just how much the rod is involved in catching the fish when it comes to the backbone, how much give it has, and all that kind of stuff. If you pull on my drag, on on my saltwater reel, one let's just say the Van Stall, you pull on it, you pull it from the reel and it goes nice and easy. And you're thinking, man, you sure keep your drag awful loose. And I go grab the end of that line, and I'll pull as hard as I can. And that rod is doing ninety percent of the work. And I mean, it has to get to a certain point where it z- 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 starts to come out. And I don't think a lot of people. Two hundred pounds—that's
1: that. just going to strip the gears right out of the reel. In <laughs> fact, it'll just <laughs> snatch it right off the off it, the rod itself. They'll it, just rip the reel slap apart.
0: Yeah, it, it, I guess it depends on the operator.
1: Maybe we'll get Bull Bay uh, to build a, just a, a Gator series. Where well, it's got a lot of backbone, but yet it's got a little action in the tip, so you don't have when you set that hook. Well, actually, whenever them s- hooks set in, the ones that Bill George carries, uh, they seem to work better whenever the rods just got a little more flex in it, mm-hmm. and uh, then real, using a the real – like a beef stick and just really setting down on it, and it just seems to pull out.
0: Yeah, well, I, I agree. I think that a lot of people again to make the wrong mistake. They just think they need a you know a pull cue out there. <laughs> Uh, to uh, snatch onto an alligator, when in reality it takes a lot of finesse to, to uh, get one of those things done. So I don't know. Kelly might be able to make you one. I, I, you know what? I would I would not want to be the guy who has a custom bull bay rod made for alligator hunting, and then you go out and go, pow, and break that sucker in half. Then go back and go with your tail between your legs. Oh, Kelly, I broke your rod.
1: Maybe you could put a, <laughs> a fancy wrap of the, like, Landry has of the twenty-two Magnum that he has. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gator wrap on it. The the Gator wrap. That would be the pattern. That'd
0: be awesome. Well, I know you guys have been chit-chatting.
1: The Bull Gator. Have you uh, series? Have
0: have you (laughs) bull Bull Gator series? Uh, Have you uh, any word? uh, Can you even speak about the uh, freshwater stuff yet, or is that still shh?
1: No, you can speak on it only on this. There's a bunch of it, really nice coming to ICAST. Once ICAST breaks, yeah. uh, then then he'll be able to put it all out there. But of course, it's something to do with the uh, the manufacturer stuff that if you uh, kind of show it, share it, and uh, talk about it, mm-hmm. it to detail, then it's not like a brand new item coming into ICAST. So, right. so that's what the big thing is with them right now. And so, of course, uh, just talking to him and getting some of the information. It's going to be a game changer for a lot. It's going to – I think it is. Because just the, the manufacturer warranty in itself, uh, man, it's just – you can't beat it. I don't know how you could beat it.
0: It remi- like When we were talking to Kelly the first time, it reminds me of the old days when you'd buy an ugly stick and you from Kmart and you'd break the tip off of it and you'd take it back to Kmart and they would go, go get one over there off the shelf. And then you you just hand it, go and leave, and it, there's no questions at Didn't ask for a receipt. Didn't ask for any of that other stuff. Just kind of went like uh, – yeah, get right there. Get that one's right there. Get it. Go. by
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how all that's going to work for them, but I just know that— uh,
0: Lifetime warranty, boy. <laughs> Lifetime warranty, bro. Well,
1: he did tell me that uh, right now they're less than less than 1% on any of their poles coming in for repair.
0: I know. I know. a good job. Well, like I said, they're, they're the bench made of uh, uh, fishing rods. No questions asked. Whatever happens, uh, it's all fixed up. No well, anyway, ICAST, speaking of that, uh, Dylan came to me yesterday and says, Hey, we're going to ICAST on uh, the first uh, on the Tuesday of the week. Are you going to go? And I went, I, Am I going to go? And he's like, Yeah, we want you to go. And I was like, uh, Okay, I guess I'm going. So I think I'm going to go over there on that Tuesday mm-hmm. because if I had to go on Thursday, it's summertime, so that's my day off. So I'd have to show up with the kids, <laughs> which I would never be able to get more than 100 yards inside of ICAST with my children especially my son he would be like can we get these? are these free can i get one of those how's that oh we need five of those get that buy one of those get 10 of these that that would just be it, it would drive me insane so well
1: i know uh my cousin dave Farrell over there on the sunshine network Tried the,
0: calling him yesterday
1: I, I think the last conversation i had with him i think he was headed down towards I don't want to say Venezuela, somewhere down South America. Costa Rica or somewhere? Wasn't Costa Rica because it was uh, something a little different. But uh, that was the last conversation I had that he was heading out. Oh, that's when he gets back. He's right now out in the Midwest. Doing some <laughs> trout fishing in the stream. He sent me some pictures.
0: That's, that's a dramatic difference. Yeah, there's and, uh, a big difference. Uh, big difference to go like so right on
1: Well, when you live the life he has, <laughs> uh, he was probably going from the Rockies. He was in Yellowstone the last time I seen him on a picture he sent. He posted on Facebook catching those little
0: tiny rainbows out there.
1: I think he was just getting warmed up for uh, bait size fish for mm-hmm. the uh, for the marlin.
0: Yeah, I, that's what I always say. I always see these guys that are out there fishing. They're like, "Oh, this is the perfect example of." It. I'm like, "Dude, seriously, we use that for snook." <laughs> that's, uh, but you know, I thought it was funny because I had a guy uh, came into G5 yesterday, and you know, uh, uh, Bill's that big giant blue marlin. It's over there by the gun department. Right, that big one. Actually, that was caught by his wife. So uh, a guy walked in, and he literally just pointed up at it and goes, where can I go to catch one of those?
1: Did you get his info? Yeah. We can pass it on to him.
0: Well, that's what I want to do. And I said, the first person I thought of was, uh, he goes, well, I'm going to go down to Key West, and I want to go down to the Keys, and I want to catch one of those. I went, well, if you want to catch one of those, I wouldn't go to the Keys. It's more like a Miami Cocoa Beach kind of out there where you go straight out into the Gulf Stream kind of dealies, you know, when you're on a nice 60-foot Hatteras <laughs> motoring around all day. Because that fish had to weigh, what, close to a 1,000 pounds. I mean, it is that is a big, big, giant blue marlin. And so the first person I thought of was your cousin because— Dude, he lives and breathes it over there on the East Coast. I mean,
1: he was the editor of Marlin Magazine for yeah. umpteen years, it seems like. And, of course, uh, Marlin University, they puts on. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know that there's anybody uh, that has as much or well, equal sh- knowledge of no, Marlin fishing. He
0: can certainly re- uh, recommend somebody and where they need to go. So, if he was going to the Keys, maybe, you know, somebody down there, and they may have to run up north a little bit or something. I don't know, but uh, I'm not a Marlin fisherman, so uh i i I thought of your cuz man i was like glenn glenn i need his number
1: yeah well i sent it to you so and i I, and i sent him a text to let him know that if he got a a a strange number coming across it was Mm -hmm. a buddy of mine trying to reach out to him about a marlin uh fish yeah fishing trip so strange uh, number so that way you know he just didn't just block you who's this
0: we've we've had him on the show like five times how does he not know who we are
1: I'm talking about just you Your oh, cell just number
0: me. Oh just me yeah,
1: <laughs> Just you Your cell number
0: It's always just me Sorry All Well right.
1: if it's anything I texted him myself And he never responded
0: <laughs> so, ha. So,
1: so it's so I just know He's us. either I Don't have any reception mm-hmm. Or again like I said He's been captured over there In South America or something I don't know
0: I don't know Maybe they're holding him hostage Out there on the Yellowstone
1: At have to trade in a couple Of Lee lures or something That he gets He sent me from Australia Top water plugs Awesome. Where are they at? One's actually tied to the end of my finola uh, rod.
0: I want to see it. Where, where, is where is that? I'll bring it next week. Yeah, sure you will. All right, got to take a real quick break and try to wolf down the rest of these, don't <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not even going to try.
0: I already uh, had mine. Uh, you know, uh, it's the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us, you guys. We'll be right back. Oh, my God.
1: Welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. It's going to be about a It's going to be a good break because I don't think Braden, he's still choking over here.
0: You know that is a huge <laughs> Danish when it's a three, we call it a three-break Danish.
1: Well, I think he broke it up pretty good.
0: It's going to take three breaks to actually eat that thing. It is much, you still got your, Erin's still working on hers and them.
1: I just couldn't help it. Like I say, whenever the lady was picking them up, they were just warping. They're just bending over.
0: I barely broke into mine, maybe like two or three bites. <laughs> I'm like I'm like full over here. I'm like, I might save it for later. Hole in the wall donuts. You can't beat them, man. I mean, those those people have been, I think this part of my leg right here is actually just uh, hole in the wall donuts. All the years we did remotes and everything out yeah. there doing live work and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, uh, You know, Glenn would always pop by and get them and uh, we'd always sit there during the breaks and fill up on them and all that kind of good stuff
1: oh uh, well well speaking of like la- filling up your leg
0: <laughs> what what
1: at least you didn't break anything and the kids that had a great time last weekend up at panavista lodge jumping I- off the dock man i, I thought no about idea. that all what are you day when you talking about your leg and them kids jumping off the dock i couldn't believe it i was like man them kids are very brave
0: well, there was only a five foot alligator swimming across the canal, so uh, you know it only you know five foot, big well, deal. You kind of you look at body parts and go, "Well, it's just an." Arm I knew or... when Braden was saying his kids were dying to go jump off the oh. dock. I knew that they were going sometime that day. <laughs> I, I kept them at bay for three days. Good for you. Uh, three days, and we yeah. saw the alligator actually on the first day. So uh, that was kind of its own deterrent for them. So that kind of, uh, I kept saying, don't you remember what we saw here on, uh, you know, on Wednesday? What's the deal? I mean, on Thursday, they what's the deal? So and they're like, oh, I want to go down to the boat ramp. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think uh, my son, I said, uh, he was really hot or something. I said, why don't you just run down the dock and just go right off the end? And he comes back soaking wet and he goes, I did it. I jumped off the dock.
1: Yeah, it wasn't anything was to like,
0: it. <laughs> I was like, what? really and he goes yeah it was awesome i'm sure he got like did he like just i didn't get to see it so did he like hit the water and then just like immediately jump back out again i would have started paddling before i hit the water <laughs> yeah they did really
1: good but uh i will say that yesterday i was out doing some fishing and all i could kept thinking about was man if i was only as brave as them kids and just jump out of the boat
0: <laughs> swim around
1: as hot as it is i mean good grief
0: well, I and mean, they found the boat ramp after everybody was done and all the boats were pulled out and all that kind of stuff. They that was kind of like their little, you know, concrete cement pond area over there swimming at the end of the boat ramp. So, well, they were doing well
1: a... until the other kids started uh just jumping off the dock and then it was kind of like once one does it, then mm-hmm. the rest just follow suit. Lemmings. But I just really want to thank everyone uh last week that showed up and participated in the panfish challenge. What a great success it was and uh it's a huge huge I mean, the amount of kids uh, that came out and participated in that, I know their parents uh, had to be a part of it in order for them to come and make it out. But, again, if you you didn't make it this year, you really missed out. It was uh, just a tremendous time. And uh, the amount of fish, I know the FWC, the biologists that were there doing all the weigh-in, I kept noticing they were writing down uh, numbers and specific fish species mm-hmm. and then how many came in. So they were actually doing uh, work. Doing biology uh, work. Yeah. They were actually taking fish numbers and, and counts uh, at the same time. So what a win situation for us as well and uh, and for the state to keep up with that. And uh, I really, uh, again, all of our sponsors, I, I really want to say thank you again to all of them and to Southeastern Tackle for uh, all the rods and real combinations that they supplied again this year because every one of those kids that was coming up – you could tell the ones that fished last year, they were looking. Okay, what we got a purple one last year. I want a blue rod. Yeah. And, and we were getting down to just a handful, actually just like three or four blue rods left. And there was a, one young kid out there. He probably was about five, six years old. And he's telling his dad, Dad, I want a blue one. I want a blue one. And so I walked over and I was like, well, you ain't but two or three left. And he's like way back. So I just pulled one out of the barrel and set it to the side. So when he got up there, at least they would be a blue rod for him and uh,
0: snuck one over in the corner for the kid. And yeah, yeah.
1: And I was going to, and I, I was thinking, man, I got this. I'm really doing good. I'm going to be the hero. And then, of course, Ginger already done it for me ah. <laughs> So I put it blew him back in the barrel. Well, she's oh, Santa but, Claus and she is already Mrs. Claus in July. Yeah, <laughs> she already heard the same thing, and she was making sure the young uh, boy got his uh, blue rod out there. So
0: she's but, always ahead of the game, anyway. So. Yeah, I
1: thinking, man, I got this, and next thing I know, she done took my thunder. <laughs> right yeah. out it went
0: well if you're if you're wondering uh, <clears throat> hopefully a little bit later on in the show we'll get a chance to talk to uh jim i know he's probably out messing around today well he sent uh, me a text he you know all the week prior
1: to the event he he worked and uh worked his staff a little harder and gave them off all this past week and he just filled in all the gaps so today he sent me a text he's actually out at the hunting lease uh trying to get things her. cleaned up he's taking a break today so he may or may not call but um Hopefully you will
0: well I, I wanted to give you kind of a quick rundown on our what our winners actually produced uh, this year uh let's see we'll start on uh, you want to start on what tenth place because I mean we went all the way up to tenth place right yeah,
1: tenth place is fine
0: uh tenth place was uh, Gary Lovett and his team uh, they went out there and got 12 fish for a total of four point four two pounds
1: well just think about this. Last year,
0: and still what fifty bucks? What did he win? Did uh, he, fifth,
1: did he tenth place. They got a, a a nice bait bucket full of all kind of tackle, a um, a certificate of, and something else. I'm not sure, but I mean, the money started at fifth place.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, we go to eighth, ninth place. Uh, Team Brooks with Captain Stanley. They got 12 fish for a total of uh, 4.46 pounds. Uh, it was a team made up of uh, father, uh, his son, and then his grandson. They were all out there together. And then eighth place was uh, Barnes Boys with Captain Barnes. That was uh, two boys, uh, their dad and uh, grandfather that were out there for 12 fish for 4 pounds, 6.6 six pounds
1: And see, those, those are the local guys right there because uh, that's – That's on my mom's side, the family, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, seventh place with 12 fish for a total of 4.71 pounds. Team Shinbone, uh, which is uh, really good. That was literally um, uh, uh, mom and dad and their son out there fishing. Sixth place, 12 pounds, 5.36 pounds. Pope's boat with old Mike Pope. He was out there with, I think, his grandson. uh, Went out there and they went fishing. Fifth place, here's where the money starts. Uh, 12 fish. Five pounds point three nine pounds. Uh the gaffer, uh, Captain Willie Dixon, they were out there. Uh she was excited when they won. She's like, Yay! Fifth place, baby.
1: <laughs> Never <laughs> well, fished it before.
0: Never fished in her life out there before. So
1: You gotta remember, fifth place out of seventy seven entries. Yeah. That's that's good. Isn't, it is it's excellent.
0: Uh, fourth place 12 fish 6.12 pounds uh casey hall and his team which is basically him and his two boys
1: and and they won first last year
0: yeah that's right and uh third place 12 fish 7.38 pounds and that was team ranger with uh robert perletta i think is his name yeah
1: and they were actual winners (laughs) of the second annual
0: that's right i remember when they won the, the second annual second place 12 pounds, now we're getting up there. 8.75 pounds. No, no.
1: It was 12 fish, not 12 pounds.
0: 12 fish. I'm sorry, yeah. 12 fish at 8.7 pounds and also had the largest shell cracker at 0.91 pounds.
1: Which paid $100 for that. So Landy's
0: toy with Captain Danny Reed, that was out there. What a great crew that was. I mean, he had uh, four kids on that boat. Uh, one guy four kids <laughs> so i got the feeling he was the official bait uh, putter on her and fish taker offer and i believe guy.
1: that and i believe that guy has finished second uh twice in the event no and way. third uh twice in this no event way. he's never hit first and he's uh, been working hard because you know what he wants the trophy oh yeah it's not a. he said it's not the money i want it's the trophy maybe he just needs to buy one
0: well i mean he really did good and uh at least he's staying up there in the top spot obviously he's got some pretty good little sneaky spots out there and uh number one our first place finishers for the fifth annual panfish challenge up there at lake panasovki first place 12 fish 8.8 pounds uh, largest Blue as well at uh, 0.96 pounds. Andrew, and, uh, Andrew Hall and team.
1: Yeah, and they finished second last year to his brother, which finished fourth this year. Oh, okay. And those are Zephyr Hills guys, you know. They're from the Pasco County area.
0: Well, I mean, they, I don't think they've ever won before. I didn't recognize them. So, Well,
1: they did this year, so uh, took first place. But first and second, you see, can you imagine what that was? A tenth of an ounce.
0: A tenth of an ounce. Yeah, pretty much. Separated
1: I'm, him from... Here, can we just throw a little water on that fish?
0: <laughs> I want to tie. Said, Told you should have kept <laughs> him in the bucket. Yeah, 8.8 pounds and then 8.7 pounds. Yeah. That was the difference. And then uh, the largest shell cracker was uh, point, uh, 0.91, and the largest bluegill was 0.96. So they were close all around, man. Close up. And then that was a good thing. And you know what really made me happy was to see how many people... Uh, actually kept a portion of their fish, let some of them go. You know, if they caught 40 or 30 or 25 or whatever, uh, they kept the big ones or some some eaters and put them in the cooler and the rest of them they went over and made a crop for next year. And put them, them in, in the
1: aerator out there in Jimville's live well. Right. Uh, that thing was slap full of fish and uh, they were bringing them back around and then t- turning them loose. So, yeah. But I will say this. I ended up cleaning sixty fish that evening. You did, yeah. Those Wait were the, for
0: you or for the other participants?
1: Those were the ones that were uh, that were really big. That I said I want those big ones, and of course, some of them <laughs> that didn't make it that oh, yeah. was uh, really small. But I still they didn't go to waste. Uh, no, no. Nothing went to waste, and uh, no. So I cleaned them fish out, and it was good. I really enjoyed it. I will tell you something else I seen that was very interesting is. The different type of things that people use to bring their ketchup to get weighed in. I really like that one. We are being a wild outdoors. Got to take a quick I want break. To hear brought more to,
0: about it when you get back.
1: Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford. And we'll be right back.
0: No wormholes at all? You don't see any? Anyway, hey! No well, Sorry, we're talking. Sorry, we're talking here. Welcome back to the Wild Outdoors. It's just little old Braden and little old Glenn in the studio today, along with Aaron. Uh, and,
1: and Jonathan didn't even put in a pass to be out. He didn't even say, hey, guys, I won't be making it. Well, uh, fill the know, gap. Nothing, yeah. just a no show. He went AWOL.
0: He went up to that big cattleman's. Uh, Maybe still digesting
1: the steak or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it takes a while to get down that 89 uh, ounce porterhouse. I, I don't know. I know he and the kids and the wife went up for that. So. He, he might have overslept this morning because I think they were still up there this, this week and maybe drove back last night. Bill George, on the other hand, he's up in Pennsylvania hanging out up there in the Great White North. Apparently, it's still kind of chilly up there these days. So I, I don't well, know. Maybe I, that's never, I wouldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, last week's Panfish Challenge and. I know that if you've never been there before, uh, we, we say it every year and, and I mean it sincerely. I mean, we're not there to get you there to any, for any nefarious reasons whatsoever. Uh, but just to invite you to go to a very, uh, good, wholesome, family friendly, nice environment that is not got music playing in the background, you know, or they're trying to shove souvenirs in your face. Uh, this, I know that I talked to Jim, and he said he's got some opens for the for some cabins and stuff like that for the 4th of July. So you still have time to call him and uh, maybe get up there and enjoy a nice, relaxing getaway and get away from the city or town or suburb or for a while. But I will say this. My kids, <laughs> Jim says it every single year because my kids always, we go up to say goodbye. And he's like, did you kids have fun? They're like, yeah, we don't want to go. And he's like, well, then don't. Stay. Yeah, I think it you You, <laughs> you want? You don't have to go if you don't want to. Stay here, Dad. I'll stay here, won't you? And I was like, Well, I don't know. There might be a deal, deal to be made here. I don't know, but uh, my kids get up there, and there's there is Wi-Fi up there and all that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> my kids never touched it. They, my kids, they they ran around. I don't think they had shoes on the whole time. Uh, stayed in the same clothes for at least two days. <laughs> for two days smell like brim and everything else from fishing on the first day because as soon as we got there you know dad's unloading the coolers and the stuff and everything else and they just phew, phew, grab rods can we go fishing can we go can we go to the dock can we? okay bye just, just go yeah just go and have fun and uh they went and fished and had a great time and if you as glenn pointed out if you didn't make it to the pan fish challenge this year for heaven's sakes make sure you uh, call and put your name in the hat right now for, uh, for. The I don't know if there's annual. a list
1: right now for it, but I will say that, uh, there, there'll be as many entries as we had this past season. Uh, last week, I did go to bed Friday night, kind of like, oh my gosh, where are we going to put all these boats when they come in and getting out? But it couldn't have went any better. It went better. So it was. It was just tremendous, you know. uh.
0: There's a live feed video that I did while we were there. We were broadcasting. You were running around. You had just done your announcement. Uh, You know, because you got to remember at the broadcast, if you didn't listen to it, uh, our show gets smaller by attrition because at a certain time, Bill George is gone because he's inspecting boats. Uh, Glenn is gone because he's out there uh, getting all things ready, getting all the stuff out, getting to do the announcements. And Jonathan goes over and fires up the grill and starts cooking stuff. So I'm stuck at the table, uh, and luckily we, you know, we had Megan that came by, Megan Bales and Dusty Crum, who you know called, called in. in.
1: I, I missed that whole thing. That was apparently that went
0: pretty good. Well, I was only going to keep him for ten minutes. He ended up staying for almost the whole hour. But uh, uh, so you got to understand that there are other duties and jobs that everybody kind of runs off to go and do. But I was I was filming. I went Facebook Live. Uh, it's still up on our Facebook page. If you want to go see it, it's hilarious because one minute. I'm filming, and there's all these people around the tent, and all you hear in the background is Glenn going, and I guess yesterday we said good luck or whatever, because all of a sudden it was like like kicking a fire ant mound. All the people are gone. You see him streaming down the, the, the dock, and I'm telling you, in like 35 seconds, it was like a ghost town. They were gone. They were on the boat. They were ready to go. And they were all like, i really fired up. Let's go. And then uh, I guess, what is it? The first 10 people who registered, they get to leave earlier? Is that the deal? No, it's not
1: that they leave earlier. They're just, everybody goes out in order of registration. We just keep it that simple. Right. And uh, so the first 10 boats, because you know it is going down the the creek, uh, the -hmm. outfall. And uh, so we sent out the first 10. And as soon as that one, the last uh, number 10 gets even with the dock uh, that I'm standing on, then I, I'll, I'll tell, you know, 11 through 20, and then that's how it just worked out. Yeah. Just,
0: and they were gone, and I mean, seriously. From, but
1: it looked uh, terrible five, as far as the two-cycle cloud.
0: Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> like, But I'm telling you, in about five to ten minutes after you made that announcement, whoosh, there wasn't a human being around except for anybody who was uh, putting stuff out, putting the raft items out and all that stuff. They were gone. And uh they were gone and they didn't this year i didn't see anybody coming in as early as i did last year i know that we had one family that went out and they came back in like maybe
1: well it got hot for them but thirty forty 40 minutes yeah by 11 o'clock we had our first weigh-in yeah and then uh all the way up and then of course some of them's like man i thought we had to be in at 12 and he said they were in at 12 and i said no did you read the rules nope i said well if you'd have read the rules you could have fished all the way up to you know, however close, but you had to be back with your flag at the weigh-in by one o'clock. So Did we
0: have anybody that missed this year? Nope,
1: no none none that missed.
0: That is awesome, man! Well,
1: everybody uh, came in. Some people didn't weigh in fish because they already seen where the numbers were at and they just didn't have them. But I I, I encouraged everyone to weigh in just for the fact. Sure, that— Sure, why not? You know, that way you, you your fish get counted, and of course the FWC get to count what you caught as well so and mark
0: it down, and they yep, can take for a their little book c- logs.
1: But well, since this. But yes, it was good. And some of those that came up, I was like the point, uh, 8.7 versus 8.8. If 8.7 would have came up with one of those Engel coolers like this one here, Mm -hmm. uh, as some of them did with their fish, swimming around in the aerator, staying fresh and lively, he might have had... Eight point nine, he would have. You know what I'm saying? So this angle cooler, Courtney says, we're getting one of those.
0: They would not have been so stressed. They would not have lost so much weight so quickly. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> well, I, all I know is when I went to Mister Jim Veal, uh, owner operator up there at Panavista Lodge, and I said, "So what did we have for a total of boats?" And he's like, "I don't even know yet. I think it was uh I think it was over seventy five. I can't remember.
1: It was seventy seven and if uh um. Uh, One guy, they teamed up, 76, I think 76 and 77. They registered, but they were in the same boat. And uh, they knew it. They were just, you know, making sure that money went to a good cause. Well, good
0: for them. Well, I I love it because I said, man, it went so good this morning. It went so fast. It went so smooth. It was unbelievable. And he goes, yeah, yeah, man, it went great. I I can't believe it. We didn't have any snafus or anything. I said, well, I hope you heard uh, Carlos Called it out on the air and he's like, What are you talking about? They said, Well, we did so good getting 75 boats out of here so smoothly. Next year, we're going to shoot for 150. And I thought Jim was going to shoot him in the guts. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to
1: we may have to put a, a, a cutoff on that. Thing. <laughs> Jim,
0: Jim looked at me and he looked at me with that look. You know, I had that little deadpan thing and he goes, 150? I right. I think that might be a little too much. Right, where are we going to put them all, Braden? Where are we going to put? Where are we going to have these? I go, Jim, we haven't done it yet. Don't freak out. It's all good. He goes maybe 100, but I don't think we could do 150.
1: No, there's it wouldn't it wouldn't be a, um I'm not going to say you couldn't because I don't want to say that, but I would say that I don't know it it would be as enjoyable as it has been uh but maybe next year we will look at putting a cap on the amount of entries. Well, I see just for do, the safety part of it and uh, the enjoyment.
0: We do 100 motorized and then 50 uh human powered.
1: Nah. So it, that's could still, canoe, that's still,
0: it could be a canoe, it can be a kayak no, It could be in a paddle boat you know, That's still t- t- traffic,
1: t- t- period, no matter how you look at it It's traffic
0: Can't we put them in over by the primitive campsite? We can just make them go in through there?
1: I'm just saying we're going to have to look at maybe uh, doing a cap next year uh, for next year's event. So
0: you and Jim getting all poo poopooey on the. Well, I we want to make it that an have enjoyable one of those event. Fishing games, you know, like those little. Yeah, magnets. yeah, yeah let's just put get a pull out there with some do
1: magnet rods, uh, with a little magnet yeah. on the end of the string. <laughs> See what you catch.
0: Now that might be fun, uh, but I don't know. A hundred boats would be a lot, and you know, if it was consistent, that would be a good thing. It could be. You, you know, know what? Me? That's yeah. not a bad
1: idea. Maybe we'll get a, a little twelve volt uh, bilge pump, put it in that thing, make the water circulate in one of those pools, and then have a little rod with a magnet on it, pick up the fish or whatever it is, and see if it, you know, shell cracker wins. <laughs> okay. You gotta catch a shellcracker and then you know, catch a mudfish or a gar out of the bug out of the pool, then you don't get anything. But if you catch do, a shell cracker, we might have to do something for the kids.
0: Do you remember uh years and right. years <laughs> years and years ago when uh it was like once a year some company would come down and they'd set up a pool in the mall and you could go buy a cup of corn for like a dollar and you could sit there and they, they were filled with trout. Remember that?
1: I and don't you, remember. And you could catch them and I didn't uh, go to the mall much. You and know, we catch lived out keep
0: nowhere. Oh, okay. That's I don't want to do that, though. Back in the day because when we like had malls. You know? Yeah, you're in the air conditioning, and you know, you got your uh, Macy's. back in the day where you could smoke in the mall, too. <laughs> yeah. You got your Macy's bag in one hand and a bag of trout in the other. Man, look, I got dinner and some nice clothes. I, I don't know. It's one of those nice. things. Well, we had a great and wonderful time up there at Panavista, and I know that I saw nothing but smiles on the kids. I didn't see anybody coming off of their miserable uh, there were some hot, people were hot. It was a little warm there towards yeah. the end of it, but well, next for the year morning I will, it started we're, great.
1: We're going to get a bigger tent. Like, instead of a bigger boat, we're going to get a bigger tent.
0: I say we get a bigger tent. That would be nice.
1: The only problem is there's no rental companies around up there, so we got to, we're going to have to look at just uh, purchasing one outright.
0: Bigger tent. Yeah. We're going to need a bigger tent. I think we are. Well, Ringley's not using theirs anymore. Maybe right. they can let us borrow <laughs> All right, we're <laughs> going to take a real quick break. You guys stay with us. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Chief 5 Feeding and Outdoors and Brandon Ford. It gets good. Ain't got no clue. Well,
1: you work all day while you want to play in the sun and the sand with a face that's but at the end of the day
0: when your work is done, you ain't got nothing but fun. Which is always happening.
1: Hey! Man, I like that.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors with Johnny this William. morning.
1: Get a wiggly worm. You can catch all them shellcracker.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe. I thought I, you were a convert now.
1: Not spam, but I will what? tell you.
0: What? No, come on now. You got to admit that it. I got to eat
1: spam on the deal.
0: You got to. You got to admit it worked, man. I mean, seriously, I, I converted about six people while we were there. So
1: instead of eating crow, you eat spam. You got to eat spam, <laughs> which is good. I like spam, but I am saying fry it up. You know, and and um, you know, as much as I have to say. Give Braden kudos and, and props. He was uh, 100% right on the spam the spam deal for many years. Of course, that's how that tournament all originally mm-hmm. started was a spam bet. He could outfish <laughs> me with spam versus wigglers. <laughs> and he he did. He did outfish me with spam because it was storm and weather. Oh, boy. And Braden will, did weather the storm <laughs> and went on out with uh, our good friend, uh, Jim McCullough, and his family. Went worse. out in a yep. pontoon boat. I wasn't going out in that little John boat and with yeah, the white cats though. on the water.
0: The great Hormel yeah, hurricane. About, <laughs> yeah. Hormel Hurricane. But you know what's funny is I was out there and the first day we were fishing on the dock out at the uh, Panavista Lodge, there were some guys on the other end of the dock over by the ro- boat ramp and they were catching brim. They were catching them and of course them being experts, <sighs> hollering down the way to my kids, are you guys catching anything? And they're like, no, not yet. And he's like, well, you got to get some crickets and some red wigglers, and we've been catching them on that all day. And my kids are like, okay. Next thing you know, dad comes out with the bait. woof wolf, wolf, woof, look like a tuna boat from the 1960s. Pulling them in left and right. Next thing you know, those guys are going, what are you guys catching those on down? <laughs> what are you catching them on down? There? Crickets spam and they're like what and yeah the like, next spam? day uh,
1: the dollar general was out of spam in in Panasofki because there was cans of spam all up and down that walkway i was like
0: <laughs> half you, cans of spam that's right uh,
1: yeah they it were, was incre- it was funny i will say that but
0: uh, you know what it was a good indication and a good learning experience because i didn't mean to interrupt you but when they were there you know when people say well they're getting bait shy they're getting used to this bait they're getting this they're getting hooked on this bait they're doing this and people think that's not true, that it doesn't happen that way. Bass fishermen will tell you if I'm going to the safe cove and I'm using a uh June bug with a blue tail and I'm catching them all day and I go back the next day, I'm not catching anything, and I throw a purple worm out there, next thing you know I'm catching them again. So I thought it was funny. It was a great demonstration I showed my kids because when they got there they were eating red wigglers and crickets. They saw something new that hadn't been hooking them in the mouth anymore, so they ate the spam. But after two days of fishing hard right there in the same spot and catching all those fish, I mean, dude, we caught yeah, a ton of that was fish. a lot of fish. Uh, all of a sudden, spam wasn't working no more. And so those fish would come up and go, yeah, yeah, oh, no, you got me on Monday. You're not getting me today, buddy. So we switched up baits, went to bread balls. Boom, 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 started catching them all over again. Uh,
1: because the spam and the bread ball, you had them about the size of the bait that comes out of that fish feeder. <laughs> and uh, I think that had something to do with it too. Not a hundred percent all on the spam. <laughs> Are you kidding, <laughs> Just kidding. Me? It's not
0: even the same color. You were like making a mini spam sandwich. Spam sandwiches. <laughs> you got the bread. You got
1: the meat. Yesterday, today you get the bread. you get but, the bun. You know, Carlos. He did send us a thing about the new uh, state record for Colorado on the on the bluegill.
0: I saw that. That thing two is two pounds huge. nine and a
1: half ounces, and it uh, was measuring twelve and three quarter inches long.
0: I look at that thing. I looked at the picture of that thing, and I was like, How does that thing even? swim it should just like spin in the water it is like almost completely uh, round
1: yeah it's, it, it's he's a butterball bluegill
0: huge huge big old thing it was I, eating
1: spam i think <laughs> <didn't>, <laughs> I, I think
0: the guy kept it didn't he keep it and uh, uh, yeah
1: it looks like he kept it i mean it's a state record and uh so yeah it's it's i would have kept it I'd I, make, man, you know, I mean you know how many fish sandwiches you could have got up from that
0: or at least four I'm saying at least four of them. I think you cut them. That would be awesome. But I think in that same general, in that area up there, or that lake, that particular lake, they've been known to catch near record bluegills. I think that's been reported up there. Did they ever give the name of that lake? I don't remember that they did.
1: No, it I didn't say. Well, the information I have, it doesn't say what lake it well, was. Carlos, Maybe it was just was, eating locust up there. where you know, It was just getting supersized.
0: Locust, <laughs> locust is not on elk. Uh, when they wander into the water, they become piranha like. Yeah. That's how they get up to two pounds. That thing is monstrously huge. I didn't see how wide it was, but I mean roundness wise, it was. You like, if you're a twelve basketball. inches
1: long, it had probably be three inches
0: thick. Like a flat basketball, it's just a big giant monster one.
1: Yeah, yesterday uh, I will. I did have a great day of fishing yesterday. After. my buddy Doug, we went out and uh, Andy and. We ended up bringing home like 82 shellcracker.
0: Between how many people? Three. Do you want to say where you were, or is this a secret spot? That no, was or, a private uh,
1: lake. It's over in uh, northwest uh, Hillsboro. It's kind of, it's the, I, I will just say this. It's the largest lake in Hillsboro County. Okay. Which is Lake Keystone.
0: Ups. Well, there goes them.
1: Guess where all them fish are going.
0: Uh, freezer? Going to the wild game dinner? What, what are you doing?
1: Hold Next over. weekend, I'll be cooking, uh fish for an assisted living facility Mm -hmm. and
0: uh, do you going to fillet them out or are you going to fry them up the whole fashion way?
1: I'm going to do probably both just for the fact that somebody might want to gnaw on some of them old fish tails Mm -hmm. and crunch them up but majority of them I'd say 90% will be uh, filleted up
0: well I will say one of the uh, they were I guess they are I don't know I haven't seen any pictures I should have seen giant buckets of fish on pictures on our Facebook page but no no, no. Uh, I will tell you one of my proudest moments for the panfish challenge was that my son took the initiative to clean the fish that he wanted to eat. And he, you know, from cleaning it, scaling it, gutting it, rinsing it, doing all that. And then of course, when uh, uncle Bart showed up, he brought all the stuff to, to deep fried and he wanted him to show him exactly how to do it the way. Cause of course, Bart's a chef. So, he, uh, you know, did it, breaded it, did all that stuff, and presented all of them out there on the plate. And uh, we kept enough so that everybody would get two apiece. And I said, I didn't hear that part, because <laughs> after I got done with the fourth one. Uh, somebody somebody was empty. Somebody's somebody, plate
1: didn't have any fish on you.
0: Bart's made. wife goes, where would all, all the fish go? There's only like one or two left here. And uh, we were supposed to get two apiece. I went, uh, we were? No one told me anything about two apiece. I said, sorry. <laughs> I'm on number quattro here. So, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. We'll catch some more tomorrow. I promise. Uh, but they were delicious. And whatever Jim Veal's been putting in the fish feeder, keep doing it. Because it produced some very flaky, delicious, nutritious little brim. They were awesome. And yeah, I shouldn't say little. High l- in they were protein. Good. They were high in protein. <laughs> and they were delicious. And uh, my brother did a good job cooking on him, but I, I thought it was really nice that my son took the initiative to uh, want to know and catch, clean, do all uh, from the, from you know from lake to table. Man, he wanted to know how to do it and do it all, and wanted to do it his, you know, himself, hands on. He didn't want to just watch and observe; he wanted to actually do it. So, um, I think that was a good thing. I was like, "You get a beat, good job, man!" Guess he's cooking dinner this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he's getting there are you are you fascinated with that video i mean yeah you...
1: when we come back from the top of the hour break oh my gosh i want to ask you where this took place because it was uh interesting and some of the comments and the people are right on so and the first guy that noticed that and posed the question was our friend out in nebraska um, that we took gator hunting is the fact that the guy just left the his lady.
0: girlfriend, everybody says. Everybody's like, the dude left his girlfriend in the pool, man. I think that's a just a flight, flight kind of thing. You know, it's just a natural instinct to get out and <laughs> save yourself. Not for me. My kids already have a plan. My kids know that you, you you grab the pocket knife from your waistband, you snap it open, and you stick it right here behind that little lump right there on the top of his head. That's where you put it.
1: Oh, I don't exactly. think you just go swimming in a pool. Oh, Let me take my diving knife with me. You just never know when a, a shark or a gator will jump in with you.
0: But the thing was, is her back is turned, and and he's the one who sees it. But he doesn't like it. Doesn't we can't hear it. It doesn't look like he's giving her any warning. She's just. Yeah, you well, go. now what's really funny is we're sitting here talking about something that our listeners have no <laughs> idea what we're talking yeah. about. So uh, when we get back from the top of the hour break, we'll go into it a little more detail because. Uh, I thought it was just kind of a humorous little video that I put up there on our, uh, our video <laughs> to, on our Facebook page, and it's blown up. I mean, uh, it's blown up all over the place. So anyway, it's it's pretty good, and apparently someone's calling the phone. What the world? Are they crazy or are they just crazy? I don't know, but we'll get to them. All right, top of the hour. Here we go. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Hour number two is just right around the corner right after the break, so don't go nowhere. We are brought to you by G5, fabulous feeding outdoors. And Don't course, hang up. We'll get you. Brandon Ford will be back.